0: It's just about getting up and doing it, and like you know,
1: finding the time, finding the people, and making it happen. You take control and you say, "Okay, this needs to be done," and you do it. And you're never ready to start a business. You <laughs> so just either you either do it or you don't.
0: Welcome to the Jibs Podcast, showcasing Detroit's movers and shakers, bringing you stories that reveal the gusto and grit that's long defined the city and its people. Together, we'll uncover the history and direction of the Motor City, one voice at a time. This is the Jibs Podcast with Jabron Ahmed. what's up guys welcome to episode 10 of the Jibs podcast i am here with josh york of the york project super excited to be here we're here in this, his beautiful space and pony ride uh josh can you kind of talk about who you are
1: and what the york project is um who i am well, how deep do you want me to go into that you can go as deep as you want. <laughs> yeah. um i am yeah i'm josh york i founded york project it's a, um we call ourselves a social streetwear brand out of detroit um, we've been a one-for-one one company for the past five years, and in that, everything we sell, we make a donation to homeless shelters. Um, we've donated around $100,000 of in-kind goods, so whether that's hats, gloves, socks, underwear, tampons, that kind of a thing, um, and we've donated in over tw- or in 21 cities nationwide. Um, and we're shifting our model now that we're here in this facility. Instead of just being one-for-one, one, um, you know, buying wholesale clothes from Asia, printing Detroit on it, and selling it to benefit people locally. We actually want to be hiring people from local shelters to um, actually make clothes in this facility and actually become a true Made in Detroit brand because that doesn't really exist yet for this kind of apparel.
0: Absolutely. And uh, how did you get to the point where you wanted to start this company?
1: Um, To be honest, I was 19 and I was going to community college and living at home and I was bored because all my friends were away and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I found a hobby and that was sewing and screen printing and um, found a hobby that I could make money at and selling my screen prints and, and my designs and, and actually doing Printing work for other people as well, but um, it was just kind of something to fill my time that I found out I really liked and wanted to pursue.
0: Yeah, did, So did you know about screen printing or anything about apparel
1: beforehand? Um, yeah, um, can I jump off camera for two seconds? Yeah, go ahead. I probably shouldn't show this, but this is gonna be exclusive to this podcast. <laughs> cool. So I actually used to make these t-shirts Um one size bananas. They were all kinds of different, but this is based on the Chiquita banana sticker. Yeah. Um, I used to make all my own different ones, some not so appropriate ones for school, but I used to sell these in middle school and high school. And this is just an iron-on. I would buy it at Michael's. My mom would help me. Like, I'd print it off, make a design on PowerPoint, print it off and iron it onto a shirt. Um, and I've been selling those since I was young. And so I always had an interest in like apparel and clothes and making yeah. clothes. and. Uh, once I got to college, I stepped right. it up from just iron-ons to like a screen press, and um, so I didn't know how to do it, but I taught myself with YouTube, and yeah. it was something I was passionate about and figured it out. When did
0: you figure out that this could be a viable business?
1: I still don't know if it could be a viable <laughs> business. Um, I mean, the apparel industry and retail is really tough, yeah. but um, I think for a big thing was like when I got to Michigan State. So I was at community college, I did this for a year, and then I went to Michigan State the following fall, and that was when I got introduced to some of the people there and um, the entrepreneurship group, and like they kind of really helped me take it from, you know, one-off sewing hats in my kitchen um, or my door or my apartment in college late at night to these are some suppliers you should look at. This is how you streamline your process. This is how you build a web store, um, and really kind of turn it in more into a business. And then from there, kind of just slowly snowballed and led us to where we are. So how many years has it been? it's been about five years and four months so far
0: so five years is a good amount of time to run into some like I guess substantial challenges uh, along the way and obstacles and also like a lot of lessons learned Um, what are a few of the big challenges that you ran into you know starting this apparel business in Michigan
1: Um, I Uh, so people talk about or I always ask about like big failures or challenges and I'm uh, I think it's just because I'm an optimistic person but I don't think I can't really think of too many like monumental failures and challenges every every day is a challenge there's always something that's coming late or you know making sales or or finding talented people there's a lot of challenges but um, I kind of look at them as like fun opportunities because I I don't know I um, I don't get too into that I guess Mm -hmm. but um, I'd say the biggest thing is just like obviously making sales and and throughout college a big challenge was finding time to run the business. Um, I kind of put things on hold when I take an internship out of state or lived in Germany for a little while I just kind of quit the business and I was able to jump back in so like actually keeping it going and and find the time to do that was tough Um, and then now a big thing is like finding talented sewers so we want to produce garments in Detroit but there's really not an infrastructure of talent or, or the good people are already um, you know, employed elsewhere. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to, to find that.
0: So, I mean, it's one thing having a business that's purely for profit, but obviously you have this social aspect to your business. Um, and that for a lot of companies can be challenging because like you said, finding talented sewers or just finding the right thing that you're passionate about. Um, so how did you inc- start incorporating the social part into your business, and why are you particularly passionate about that?
1: Um, I think we started, I mean, so some companies, it's very clear that they're, you know, they're doing a company, and then they start to, they decide they want to give back. Um, we've, I, I I mean, honestly, originally, I was going to call this the Detroit Hat Project, where I was going to give one-for-one one beanies to people in Detroit, um, and it was going to be a, like a a project and a nonprofit or, you know, just a small little effort to to make a difference for a little while. Um, and as I started doing it, I realized like, Hey, this, we can do this profitably. We found out, or we, we, um, discovered a giving model that works profitably and is able to give what we, what we, um, have decided on. And, um, it's just to me, like a natural thing. Like I was raised in a way that when you, you know, when you have good fortune, you give some of that back to those that are a little less fortunate than you. That's just like how you live your life, and um, this was just a natural thing when we had, when I had this thing going that was making money. It just made sense to me to find a way to incorporate giving in that.
0: That's. I think that's great because you know a lot of businesses feel like doing that would hurt their bottom line, or. Like, stunt their growth? Have you found that to be true at all?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, cash is tight right now. Um, Now we have rent here, and that's hopefully a couple other places in the coming months we're going to have to be paying monthly rent. Um, And there's all the time where our finance guy is like, hey, we have to make these, you know, take out the money for these donations. That's going to like cut our bank account in half. And, you know, because we, we, we let them stack up, and then once we get to a certain amount, we go make the donations but um yeah it's definitely another thing to think about but it's not I don't think it's something that would ever hold us back like it's it's a part of who we are and we know that that is that that certain amount of dollars is earmarked every sale and that's just kind of how it is Absolutely. and everyone on our team and you know externally and internally has really been on board with that like that is who we are and um, I wouldn't say it holds us back at all it's just a different different way to look at things makes us it forces us to be more creative on other areas that we can make up that Absolutely. What are some
0: creative things that you guys come up with?
1: Oh, boy. Um, Nothing, no specific initiatives or anything, but just, like, um, we have to just be a little smarter with where we spend our money, because we, you know, some of that money is going to, we're giving some of that money. Um, So instead of I don't know, throwing an office party or a team party. Right. Like we, you know, we, we uh, maybe have to be a little more creative. Instead, of, all right, here's an example. Instead of going downtown and going out with the team, we'll take we'll go to Mexican town. It's a little bit cheaper. <laughs> yeah. We can have a great time. You know, just being a little more creative, it forces us to find those uh, opportunities to save money. And you because know, that money is not there for those kind of things. Mm. We haven't done that yet, but that's <laughs> my plan for the so summer. <laughs> We're taking all, taking the interns and everyone to Mexican town. That's am buying cool. Tacos. That's cool.
0: Keeping it local, man. Well, yeah. And that's another yeah. thing. It's a block away. All right. Um, I don't know. What uh, You know, Detroit's is a hot topic for a lot of businesses outside of the city or people interested in the city. Uh, They're coming in. Uh, a lot of people from the suburbs are interested in being more involved in the city, starting a business here. Um, what kind of advice would you have for uh, young people or anybody looking to start a business in the city? Uh, what kind of advice would you have for that?
1: I mean, my advice for anyone trying to start a business or anything is just start doing it. Yeah. Like, don't don't wait. Just that you're never going to have a better time than right now, especially with, like, the economy. And every everything is in your favor right now, especially in Detroit, too. There's so much money and resources going into people starting businesses. And, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of opportunity, so just start doing it. Um, but it, it, it's scary. Like, yeah. it was one thing for me to it was a big leap to, like, come here and and open this, and this is, like, the the most low-risk building and, you know, situation we could have been in, but, um, yeah, from being in my parents' basement in suburban Detroit, like, for five years, and then taking a leap to take out rent in Detroit was, like, a big thing. Um, My mom still hates the idea of it, but um, she doesn't hate the idea of it. She just doesn't like that I'm here till midnight, and, um, but, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's no but there's no time like the present like just go for it um what's the worst that's going to happen yeah absolutely
0: there uh i guess you kind of touched on it already you know there's a stigma about being down here uh, especially for like older generations mm-hmm. so do your parents feel that way at all Oh, they feel like that all the time yeah right? like when i first moved down here my mom would text me like are you okay it'd be like 8 p.m <laughs> 9 p.m are you okay like what's going on like all the time yeah all the time <laughs> But I think, like with time, and especially like showing by example that, you know, Mm -hmm. we're doing great things here, nothing's really, we're not in a dangerous area, it's not that bad.
1: The more um, that they come down and experience it themselves, the more they see that. Yeah, exactly. It's actually a really cool spot. My parents were talking about that. Sorry if I'm going off script here. Um, We went to a dime store. My sister and I took my parents there on New Year's Day, and my dad was like, I didn't know this stuff existed. Like, if it we weren't <laughs> yeah. for our young kids, we would have never experienced all these cool things in the city. We took them to Bobcat Bonnie's the other day, yeah. and they were loving that. And like, they're kind of op- their eyes are getting open to all the cool stuff that's happening. Because again, the older generations might not come down here and try it if there's not someone to push them to do it. So,
0: exactly, exactly. Which, I guess, from a business perspective, that's a huge untapped market. Yeah. Is- Showing people that ability. Hitting those baby boomers. Hitting that. those baby boomers, man. <laughs> Enticing
1: <that's... laughs> them downtown. I mean they're the ones that got money. I mean more money than I have. Yeah.
0: Than <laughs> and I think like those are the people that you want to be able to convince to invest in your business. Yeah. And show them that Detroit's the place to be.
1: Yeah. And that's what we're that's a big thing we're trying to do. Um, I don't know if you had this scripted too, but we're uh, trying to do some crowdfunding and then potentially take on investors in the coming months mm-hmm. and um that's exactly it, is like hitting those people that are in the suburbs that want to get back involved in Detroit or want to you know, find a way to make a difference. But yeah. maybe they think they're past their prime and they can't do a business. Like we're doing it, yeah. you know, be part of what we're doing. We're doing something that we believe in and we think it's really cool and uh, we have opportunities to get involved. Yeah, so. absolutely.
0: There are, there's, like, there's like two, I've encountered two uh, ways of thinking about the city and in terms of entrepreneurship. So one is, you know, I come to the city, I, I'm trying to start a business, but what I've found is that the gatekeepers of the city, a lot of the people who have the resources don't want to share those resources, yeah. are very protective over uh, what they've done in the city and don't want to share that. But then there's another camp where it's like, you know, Detroit's so collaborative. It's not like another city um, where people are protected. People here actually want to share what they're doing yeah. and want to work together. What have you found to be true?
1: I could not agree with that more. Like, there's a very specific—I don't want to call it a divide, but like, there. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. There's that group of people that kind of runs everything, and it's kind of tough to break into. But um, I'm lucky enough that we found our way into the other side, and that's why we're here. We've kind of hit that group that is collaborative, and I don't know. It—that's an—that's an an incredible. I don't even want to say I'm part of the group, but like. (laughs) Just we're meeting the, the, some of the most amazing people and like so many people are willing to help out and I'm, I'm really glad that we've gotten to that point where people are, yeah, people do anything to help you grow and because they know it helps them ultimately too. Yeah, absolutely. What are some things that you are working on currently that you're excited about? The thing I'm most excited about is our Detroit Made t-shirt. Um, we're hoping to have that out by June, okay. um, a line release, but we're cutting and sewing it right here behind us. Um, I've been prototyping them. I've been wearing my own, the t-shirts around. Yeah. Still, There's still a couple little parts i got to figure out, but um, I just think that's going to be a really cool product for us um, because, again, it doesn't exist. Like You can't buy a shirt made in Detroit, and, right. and hopefully by this summer we'll be selling it in three or four different places and um, employing Detroiters to make it.
0: How do you, actually something I was wondering is how do you come up with the design, how do you figure out the right colors and like the fabrics like we were
1: talking about earlier? Um, well, I guess there's no right fabric or right design. Um, it's more just like what I like and what our team likes. Um, I'm lucky to have an incredible group of people on our team that really is into what they're, you know, it's really strong at what they're, or really good at, what am I trying to say? Um. They're really good at their specialties. So, right. um, like one guy is crazy into fabrics and and, uh, and you know higher end brands, and he kind of knows what he likes. And like, I think that we have a pretty fashionable team. And like, mm-hmm. if, if they like it, that that's I mean that's a good thing. That means other people are going to like it too. So, um, we kind of just play off of those different things, and then find stuff that we like and get something that is close, but then it's in our own handwriting. So. Yeah. Um, our graphic designs. There's always inspirations from different different things. Um, something that's really big to me is traveling. Like there's so many things that are going on in different parts of the country, or more so the country for me. I don't get international anymore, right. but um, that people are doing really well here. That it's not happening in this in Detroit, say, um, and I really think it's cool to be able to take bits and pieces of that and take bits of pieces from what's happening over here and put it into your own handwriting in your own city, um, and it can be really big. So mm-hmm. try to do a little bit of that and. Yeah, whatever else happens along the way.
0: Uh, One question I'd like to kind of end on is uh, why Detroit? What makes this place so special?
1: For me, I'm from here. I'm from Livonia, which is like 20 minutes west of where we're sitting right now. Um, And I grew up coming down to Detroit for Tigers games, Red Wings games. When I was in college, I used to play in a band. We would play at St. Andrews Hall. I used to teach tennis at Detroit Golf Club, so I, you know I just spent a lot of time in different parts of the city and in different ways. Um, now I, you know, I'm, I'm here for the business. I work for the Red Wings. I, I've been in a lot of different parts of the city and um, different types of groups, and uh, it just—it's—I don't know—it's home, first of all. But the, this is probably a cliche answer, but the people are just incredible. Kind of like you touched on it earlier, there's so much. Um, collaborative spirit and people just want to help out each other and people people are ready for Detroit to come back I think and um, kind of tapping into that and being part of that is like the coolest feeling ever. Absolutely.
0: Uh, for people listening and people watching where can they find you if they want to get in contact with you? Um, the best
1: place to the best start starting place for that would be our website which is yorkproject.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there's contact form on there. There's, that'll lead you everywhere, social media, whatever. We're, we're pretty responsive across all channels, but it's a good starting place. Cool,
0: man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, is there any last words that you have or anything else you want to say?
1: Um, I'm going to round it out with our slogan, and that's be the change. Yeah. Don't wait. Go be the change yourself.
0: Cool, man. Be the change. Till next time, stay tuned.